Can everyone hear me? Looks like you can, right? Hey, I don't mind if you talk to me this morning. Is that okay? If you, if you, like, if you like to say amen or glory or hallelujah, you don't have to be quiet. If I say a joke, you can laugh as well. My wife would tell you that I've probably only made her laugh two times, and we've been married five years, so I've got the gift of comedy, right? <laughs> uh, you'll, know, you'll find out I'm very sarcastic. That's a spiritual gift. Some of you guys know what I mean. <laughs> amen, right? In 1519, Hernando Cortez, he was traveling a Spanish conquistador, looking to uh, conquer some land and treasure. And he carried about 600 men on boats. And the Aztec Empire, when they landed, they, would knew, they knew they were outnumbered. That strong empire had not been conquered. But Cortes, he said to the boat, to the men, drown your ships, burn your ships. The men were afraid. They said, how can we burn our ship or drown them? Cortes said this, we either conquer or we die. As Christians here, I want to introduce our theme, as we go. I, my prayer is that you would experience God in such a way this year that it would only look like surrender, that it would only look like giving him your entire heart. What are we holding back? Many of us are believers in here, some aren't. But in your walk with Christ, you're here, but you're still looking backwards. You're still looking at your past. You're still hanging on to guilt. You're still hanging on to unforgiveness in your heart. You're looking at who you are before Christ. But Christ says this, that if you would come to me, give me your heart, surrender it daily, and burn those ships in your life. I want the Holy Spirit to do such a work in your heart. Oh, that people would say, hey, that guy or that girl, she's changed. That God's doing a work on this campus. Believers in here. What does it look like if you took Christ serious? When your friends were actually having conversations about Jesus, God, and church, you wouldn't say, I want to answer up, but I'm just not sure if I'll answer it correctly or I feel embarrassed or I feel incompetent about my knowledge. What does it look like when you stand up for the Word of God? Anyone have your Bibles? No Bibles? Raise your hands. Raise your Bibles up if you've got Bibles up. I want to encourage you for chapels. Bring your Bibles. If you need a Bible, come to Student Life. Go see President Rich. We've got Bibles for you. This is our authority. This is God's Word. It's pure and it's clean. It's right and it's truth. We won't, we won't swerve to the right or to the left. We're going to stay right in the Bible. Amen? But what does it look like for you? What does it really look like for me in my household? What does it look like in my life and faculty and staff, what does it look like for us to give our household to Christ? That my Christianity would be something I practice. It wouldn't be something I'm buttoned up and look good for our students. That they would know to say, my professor, my coach, they followed Christ and they exemplified the light of Christ. Don't you want that, students? Don't you want, don't you want your coaches to lead you to Christ? Yes or no? Right? I do. I want them to point you to Christ. Can we say that about our entire faculty and staff. I hope we can. And I'm going to develop relationships with them. But as you go is going to be our theme. As you go, and you may say, well, that's plain and simple. I always ask my wife when I'm preaching. I give her the titles and some, the message. And I always run it by her. And you know what she says? That's not good. Or, you, can, you, can do, you can do better. 
You know, I, I told my wife, thank you for that. Thank you for that encouragement. But you know what I asked her? Are you ready for this one? I said, I said my love. I call her my love. My two-year-old Braille, she starts calling my wife my love, you know. I said, uh, my love, who are you discipling? Who's discipling you? I said, Lord, help me. I'm not getting dinner tonight. <laughs> I said, I've got to watch out. I've got to go to my room, give her some space. But who are you discipling and who's discipling you, Christian? I just can't live in my own bubble and do me and think I'm good with God when I'm not actively involved in church, not actively serving his body, not actively in the word of God, not actively praying. So we see in the New Testament people were wanting to follow Jesus. Jesus was doing all these miracles. And they were like, whoa, this is Jesus. I want what he has. I want the fish. I want the blessings. But I don't want to surrender to Christ. Jesus isn't a welfare program. He's not. He's not social. It's not about what you can benefit from him. It's about how you can give your life to him. You want blessings, and you want the praise, and you want the recognition, and you want the stamp of Christianity. You even want it on your Twitter or your Instagram, your Snapchat, your Facebook, a little bio. You want every, everyone to think you're good and you're the good Christian person, but when you go home or you fall asleep tonight and you're, when you're lonely and lonely in that dark, quiet spot, you know that you're fooling everybody. Christians, I'm going to challenge you this morning. It's time to burn those ships. It's time to take him serious. Why? We're commanded to. That's our challenge and our authority. If you'll read with me in Matthew chapter 28, you all know this one. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Read it out loud with me. Join me. And Jesus said, came, said to him, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Let's, let's pause there. Who are my churchgoers in here? Raise your hand. Give me an amen. 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 Okay. I want you to lead. All right. You ready? One more time. Starting out. And Jesus said, came to them, all authority in the heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the ages. For those who grew up in church, you heard this one all of your life. You've heard all of your life, and I've heard all of my life, right? This is where we're heading. I want you this year to consider what it looks like for us on campus. Seniors, what does it look like for you to disciple somebody, pick out a freshman, to lead out as Christ followers, to make disciples now, what exactly does that entail? What is a disciple? A disciple is a learner or a student. We're learning. We're a student or learning from something. You follow somebody. We all have, we all have people of influence in our life, and I would say my influence is my father-in-law. He is my favorite father-in-law. Um, there you go. My wife would be proud. Before our marriage, you know, I would say it was, it was I had to earned that relationship, and it was rough. I was always intimidated by him, but let me tell you something. Throughout this past year and a half, his mentorship has meant the most to me. Uh, he has told me the things I needed to hear, and one day when I was in his office, he just said, Jose, you can go ahead and take the mask off. 
I wasn't wearing one on, but they said, be real. You can be real. I think we need men in our life, men and women in our life that can really look you in your eyes and say, hey, where's God at? What have you been reading lately? Where's prayer at? Why? Why do I say that? We have to keep each other accountable because I love you. As Christians, I want to push you. I want to push you. So are you, are you a disciple maker? You may be in here this morning and saying, you know what, Jose? I'm not about that church life. God and Jesus, matter of fact, I'm still mad at him. I'm still mad at him what happened in my life. I've been through some trauma, some experiences that I can't recover from. I'm mad at Christians, and I'm mad at how my friends stated they were Christians, but I couldn't see no difference. So you justify it. You justify it. You think, well, I'm good. And you may be one of those people in the crowd looking at the Christians, seeing, is this faith real? Do they truly believe in God's word and live it out? Or are they just faking everybody, making a mockery out of themselves, and ultimately doing no good for anybody, right? Are you a disciple? My prayer is if you're not a disciple, that you would become one. And for Christians in here, I pray that you would find and pray that you can point others towards Christ. Why? So that you can come to salvation, that you can come to salvation. I, much of my life, I realized I was complacent. I was lukewarm. But does Jesus ask for that? What does he say? He said in Luke, two passages, and he said to them, if anyone, any of you would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me daily. He also said in Luke chapter 14, 33, so therefore any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. That invitation is still relevant for today. That's the same Jesus that calls us to repent from sin that is the same Jesus says, hey, you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. You must deny your pride. You must deny your self-righteousness. It's not going to be about you anymore. It's not going to be about how many followers you have on Instagram anymore. It's not about you anymore. It's going to be about him and how you can serve him with your life. Deny yourself. Die daily. Crucify yourself so that Christ lives in me and people can know that. I sometimes think the Lord humbles me. I've got a Ph.D. in pride. Anyone else got a Ph.D. in pride? Most of us do. We're human, right? We're human. Pride tells us, I don't need Jesus. Pride tells us, I'm good here where I'm at. Pride tells us, I don't want to be pushed here. Pride tells me, why are you rebuking me? Are you better than me? Why are you confronting me about my sin? Jesus said, look, crowds, if you want to follow me, this is the cost. It will cost you something. It may cost you a relationship. It may cost mom and dad looking at you weird and not wanting to have those conversations when you go back home. Faculty and staff, it may cost you your reputation, your image in Sterling College. It will cost something, but is it worth it? Is it worth it? Amen. It's worth it. It's worth it. We need Christians who are not full of themselves, but full of the Holy Spirit, who are willing to give their lives to Christ in their area of study, in their athletics, in their relationships, here and now today. It's not when you're going to graduate. It's now, as you go. We need you. The church needs you. The body of Christ needs you. The community needs you. 
Your students need you. Your friends need you. The faculty and staff, they need you. You know that? Point them towards Christ as well. If you cannot renounce all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus isn't saying he's going to take it all away from you. He may. He ain't saying that. He's saying, if you cherish something more than me, that becomes an idol. If you cherish it in your heart, it's already become an idol in your mind. He says, I want you all or nothing. I want it all. Don't come to me when times are just bad. Don't come to me for the blessings. I came to save and seek the lost, he says. I came not to call those who are well, but he says, I came not to call the righteous, but I came to call the sinners. That's all of us, right? He came to call us. Our next slide. Are you a witness? A witness. Are you a witness? What does a witness mean? You've experienced something. I'm talking about in the context. You've experienced Christ in your life. Let me let, let, me let you into my heart right quick. I, was, I came to Christ at a young age at nine, okay? And I was abused by my mother as long as I can remember. So I was a, a young boy getting abused and dark, you know. Maybe some of you have been that same path, but I was abused. And I experienced at age nine a transformation in my heart when I said, I don't know anything about church and God. But that pastor said, hey, if you want to place your faith in Christ, that Thursday night, trust me, God saved me. He saved a dark, lost boy who knew nothing about the Bible. But I just said, I trust you. I trust you. And I've experienced his grace, and I've experienced his mercy. I've experienced it today. I've experienced that God has been faithful in my life. You can testify that God has been faithful in your life. You see it, you see it in the past. But let me tell you, when I was in that dark moment, sometimes I doubted. I didn't, I didn't sense it. But there's a joy that overflows when you come to Christ. I'm not a rigid Christian anymore with my head down, walking like this. I'm happy, I'm excited because I have the Holy Spirit who dwells in me. Christians, are you a witness? Can people say, hey, that person has changed, right? Or would they say, yeah, they're a Christian, but Jose, I'm not really sure if they're like me. Show grace where you need to show grace and show mercy where you need to show mercy, but also show truth. Be full of grace and truth. Be willing to rebuke a brother or sister in Christ. Be willing to challenge your friends. But more importantly, be willing to look at, look your face in the mirror. Look, say, God, here I am, God. What in my heart can I give to you? What can I repent to you? What can I confess to you, Lord? Are you a witness? Why do I say that? In Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 through 38, it says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Believers in here, you are the laborers. Don't you want a spiritual awakening on campus? Don't you want your friends to come to Christ? Don't you want your mom and dad to come to Christ? Don't you want to lead people to Christ? Because God saves. He'll save, but he'll use you. Don't you want it? When have you experienced a spiritual awakening in your heart? 
That's my prayer. I pray that God would send you out now on your sports teams, in your classrooms, that you can be light and salt in the classroom setting. Light and salt everywhere you go. As you live your life, people would see that you have been transformed by the gospel. And they would say, I will give God the glory. They will see your deeds and say, that's got to be a supernatural, divine work of God the Father. Right? But ask yourself, do you really want it? Christian, do you want to see people come to Christ? I sure hope you do. I sure hope you do. Are you a disciple? Are you a witness? Our last slide. Are you ready to surrender? Are you ready to surrender? Are you ready to surrender your pride, arrogance? Are you ready to say, Lord, I've struggled with this sin all of my life. I'm done. I am going to throw it off. I'm going to throw off that sin that so easily entangles me. God, I'm ready to throw off my insecurities. God, I'm ready to throw off my worry, my doubt, my fear. What holds me back. God, I'm done. God, I'm willing to lay it at your feet. I'm done. I give up. Surrender's a term in battle. You lay your armor down. You lay the weapons down. I raise the white flag. I'm done. That is my prayer for each of you, that you would come to a place in your life that would you say, I don't fully understand it, but I know I'm convicted of my sin. Now, sin is missing the mark. We've all fallen short. We've all missed the mark. Isaiah says that your deeds are like filthy rags. There's no merits on your works to earn heaven. You cannot do it. You don't have enough money in the piggy bank. You can't be good enough. Your last name ain't going to save you. How many times you've been to church ain't going to save you. Your baptism ain't going to save you. It's faith in, faith in Christ alone. The Bible says by grace through faith you're saved. This is a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. The Bible says for the wages, there's a, there's a penalty we have to pay for sin. We've transgressed against a holy and righteous God. He sent Jesus for us, the forerunner Jesus but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He didn't leave us hanging there. He says, I've made a way. I will send my son. I will send my son, born of a virgin, sinless, full deity of God, even though they will mock me, even, even though they may beat me, even though they will whip me, even though they will make fun of me, pull out my beard, put a crown of thorns on my head, crucify me on that cross. And yell out, crucify him and crucify him. He came to set the captives free. He came to rescue you from your sin. He came to give you liberation. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you were enemies of God, while you were children of wrath against God, he saved you. He saved you. He sent his son that you could see the glory of God. Bible says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one is justified. With the mouth, one confesses and is saved. The scripture says, everyone, everyone, you, you can, who put your trust in the Lord, he will not shame. 
We will die one day. It's a heaven and hell. You can come into a personal relationship with Jesus today in faith. In faith. I know you've got a lot of questions as you hear this message. Am I a disciple? Am I a witness? Am I ready to surrender at all? Are you ready to give your life to Christ? Has God convicted you of your sin? Has he revealed to you that you have nothing to offer him? I like the one hymn it says, Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. If you feel that God has done such a work in your heart this morning, sometime today, come find me. I want to show you the way to God. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's by grace in him through faith. You can place your faith in him even at this moment. Christians, my challenge is this. Surrender to him. Take him serious. He will spit out those who are lukewarm. Enough with mediocrity Christianity. Enough with mediocre Christianity. Enough with a comfortable Christianity. Enough of a me Christianity. Count the cost. Is he worth it in your life? I would hope so if he has saved you. He is more than worth it. Now, if he's worth it, it will appear in how you act. It will appear in how you act. For those of you who just doesn't make sense and you're like, ah, I'm not sure, be open still. Be open to God. Be open to have conversations. Be open. Burn the ships. It's time. The harvest is here. The harvest is here. As you go this year, as you go today, will you make disciples? With every head bowed and every eye closed, with every head bowed and every eye closed, thank you for listening. If you're thinking, I, I don't know God and I, I need Jesus, you can pray in your heart. I have nothing to offer you, but save me, Jesus. You are Lord and Savior. You died for me, and you rose three days later on that cross. In your heart of hearts, say, Jesus, I need you. Save me. Christian, pray this prayer. Jesus, break my heart. Break my heart so I can surrender everything to you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, for myself, faculty and staff, these young men and young women, that we would be disciples, that we would witness, that we would surrender our life, every aspect of it. I pray for the one that prayed, I need Jesus, they would come find me. For the Christian who recommitted, for the Christian who just said, Lord, I'm not where I'm at, but I'm here right now. Would you use him? Would you restore us and reconcile us to your son? And all God's people said, amen, amen.